Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome to episode 20. I just got back from the clothing printer and I'm totally restocked with all new classic black committed shirts. If you want to rep a t-shirt or hoop commitment ring, go to hoopcommitment.com forward slash store and get your gear before we sell out again. I also want to remind everyone to download your free copy of the Hoop Commitment Nutrition Game. I use it every semester with my athletes because at some point, we don't need to learn more. We just need to do what we know. And if you play this game for two weeks, you'll build all the habits you need to fuel your performance on the court. Go to hoopcommitment.com forward slash nutrition game and challenge your team to step up their eating as we finish out the season. Now I've got a special guest on today to talk about the power of positive energy on the basketball court. John Gordon is a best-selling author and keynote speaker who wrote one of my favorite books called The Energy Bus. He's worked with the Miami Heat and the LA Clippers, and today I got to pick his brain on how we can impact our teams with our attitude. Here's John Gordon. John, welcome to the Hoop Commitment Podcast. How you doing? Doing great. Great to be with you. Well, I'm so excited to have you here because we actually did a book study of the energy bus with one of my Gonzaga teams and absolutely loved it. Matter of fact, after we were finished, the coaches and I, we decided we got to read this book once a year because it's so impactful. I love that. Well, what I wanted to do today was find out how you became an expert on positive leadership because I've heard interviews with you in the past and you mentioned that you weren't always this positive. No, I wasn't. I'm actually naturally negative. I grew up in Long Island, New York, and there's not many pe- positive people in Long Island, New York. And so I I had to work at it. And it re- I really struggled with it in my late 20s, early 30s, so much so that my wife came up to me and she said, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. You, you need to change. And so I really had no choice. I had to change. I had to work on becoming a more positive person. And I did. I, I began this journey of of going from negative to positive. And I think that's why I'm such a good teacher of it because I'm I'm not someone who's just naturally like that, right? So people can relate to me. They can connect to me because most of us aren't naturally positive. We, we do have to work at it. And so that's been my, my life's work. It's my calling. And now I know I'm meant to share this with others. So what were those first steps? Was it just feeling the need, having a family member say you need to change or what actually got you to, to take that journey? Well, after that, after the ultimatum, so I really didn't have a choice, I began this journey of saying, first off, why am I here? You know, what am I, what am I born to do? What is my purpose? And I think that's important because there, there will be days we get up, we don't feel very positive, and that's where we need a purpose to give us something to be positive about. So your why really drives everything. So what is my purpose? And writing and speaking came to me like, okay, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to encourage people. I'm here to write and motivate people the way I was motivated and inspired by books that I read. Cause I did like these kind of books, inspirational books and, you know, Og Mandino's the, the greatest salesman and Richard Box illusion and illusion and Jonathan Livingston Siegel and books like that always uh, encouraged me and inspired me. So I wanted to do the same 
is what I realized I was here to do. And so that began the journey. Then I started taking walks of gratitude every day. I called them a, th- a thank you walk. And so while I was walking, I would say what I was thankful for. I read that the research showed you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So if I was feeling blessed, I wouldn't be stressed. So every day I started taking these walks of gratitude to feed my mind and body with these positive emotions that uplifted me rather than the stress hormones that slowly drained and was killing me. And so I started to do that every day. And that really had a huge impact on me. If I had to pick one strategy that I've done over the years to be a more positive person, it's that. It's just focus on gratitude, walking at the same time. They turn into walks of prayer. So gratitude led to prayer, which led to ideas for books, for talks, for insights that just came to me. And that's really where I really learned to be positive. I love those steps. And that was one of the things I loved about the energy bus is there's kind of 10 rules to be able to kind of change your life and not just your own life, but the people around you, the team, the organization that you're part of. And one of the quotes in the book, you said that the illusion is that we live in a physical world when in reality, everything is energy. And so how should this change the way that we interact on and off the court? Well, when you see that everything is energy, and it is, it's not just me saying that. I mean, scientifically, we know scientifically we know that E equals MC squared. So anything that is matter is energy. So that tree you see is energy. This body that you see is actually energy. We are energy, like 100 trillion vibrating energy cells. And when you really think about how miraculous the body is, It doesn't communicate in a physical way. It actually communicates in an energetic way that drives the physical. So when you understand that your energy and that the world is energy, the ball is spinning just as the planet is spinning around around the sun. I mean, everything is motion. Everything is spinning. You understand that the energy you bring to your life, to your team, the energy you bring every day determines how successful that you will be. Are you bringing positive energy or negative energy? Are you bringing apathy or passion and purpose and love? And the research shows that when you have a feeling in your heart, it goes to every cell in the body and then outward, and up to five to 10 feet away, people can sense your feelings transmitted by your heart via electromagnetic signals. So people could tell if you're passionate or not. That's why we could see someone play and say, that person puts their heart into their game. That person has a lot of heart. Man, they leave everything on the floor. They're just oozing with energy. We just see the energy of that person. You can feel that person's energy, but you can also feel the apathy, the indifference, the negativity. So what kind of energy are you bringing? I always say you are contagious and you could be a germ or a big dose of vitamin C. So what kind of energy are you bringing? Well, what do you say to those people that consider themselves realists, you know, that might be considered by a lot of us as being negative, but they'll say, but not everything is positive. If if I'm coaching a team and my players aren't very talented, they're not working very hard. How are you supposed to be positive when your situation is negative? Well, our perspective is always subjective. So your perspective is ultimately how you see the world determines the world that you see. So if you see those players as lazy, as a bunch of, uh, you know, just, um, you know, grumpy, negative, apathetic team that doesn't care, a bunch of losers, well, that's what you're going to get out of that team. If you see 
that team's potential and you see what they can become and you see that that lazy that laziness is actually fear and you see that if they work harder train harder if they believe they can accomplish more than they ever thought possible well then you're going to drive that team to get better so what you see determines what you create and so there is no such thing as realistic there's no such thing as uh, pessimistic optimistic it's really in many ways what you see is what you get. Now, I do call myself an optimist. I do believe in optimism. And someone who says, well, I'm just being a realist, time and time again, if that realist actually believes that something is possible, they will accomplish it. The research from Duke University shows that when, you have, um, when, you have, when you're an optimist, you actually will work harder. You will get paid more. And you're more likely to have success in business and sports. And what the research shows is that because these optimists believed in a brighter and better future, they then took the actions necessary to create it. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think that's what we're talking about here, where the realist says, you know, well, I'm just being a realist. No, the optimist says, no, this is what I see, and I'm going to work towards it. And as a result of believing it and working at it, they then create it. And so time and time again, Steve Jobs was famous for what they called his reality distortion field time and time again his people would say there's no way we create this software in this amount of time and steve would say get your head around it yes you can and time and time again he would actually convince them that they can do it his team said it was amazing he had this ability to distort their reality from pessimism or realism to optimism and then time and time again they really accomplished what they thought was impossible so it shows the power of the mind and it shows that as a leader as a coach and as a team, we have to distort the reality of a negative, pessimistic world. We have to distort the reality of maybe players who are very negative and help them see a positive possibility of what they could accomplish if they actually just work at it. Well, what I've seen, especially at the Division One level, when you have large coaching staffs, it seems like you you have a mix of you know, positive, negative, realist, pessimist, whatever that might look like. And it actually seems to kind of work out a little bit. You know, it seems like you have the good cop, bad cop. Can you have a successful coaching staff with a mixture or would they be even more successful if all of them had this attitude, all five or six coaches on the staff? Well, I love the coach that actually brings the contrarian view. I love the coach that sometimes might be a little negative because we do need a little negativity. We do need constructive criticism. We do need some conflict in order to get better. We do need to call people out. When I'm talking about optimism and positivity, I'm not talking about Pollyanna positive, right? We have to address the things that we need to work on. We have to address the things where we can improve. And as a coach, you need to address those things. But if you are that coach and you are bringing that negativity and that pessimism, the team will not benefit from that. So I'd like to see a, a coaching staff that is aligned with positivity, with belief. I remember when Mark Richt was the head coach at University of Georgia, and he brought me in to do the energy bus with the team. And he said, John, man, my coaching staff were some of the hardest to get on the bus. But I told my staff, you're either going to get on or you're going to be off the bus. So you better get on. He wanted those coaches to stop being negative and to be positive. They lost the first two games, won the next 10, and made it to the SEC championship game. A team that stays positive together wins together. If they didn't do this after those first two losses, they were probably done, right? Miami Heat worked with them a few years ago. Remember they started 11-30, and, and they finished 30-11? and 11. 
mirror images of the season. Well, what happened? They stayed positive. All other teams were giving up, getting negative, not caring. This team stayed positive. They were connected. They were committed. And they brought that greater energy to the second half of the season. It's why they had success. So, so you have to be aligned as a staff. But it doesn't mean that everyone is, is Mr. Positive. I always say it's not about seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. It's about knowing that you have the power to overcome the thorns. So guess what? We had this happen. We had this challenge. We had this adversity. But we're going to overcome. We're going to get better. And we're going to create a brighter and better future because we're going to work together as a team. We're going to stay positive. We're going to work hard. And we're going to make it happen. And if a team believes, so often they will achieve more. Well, in your book, you have this equation. It's E plus P equals O. So events plus perceptions equal outcome. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, we can't control the events in our life. Sometimes we have a game that doesn't go our way. Sometimes a guy makes a mistake and we lose the game at the end, right? Sometimes the other team hits a three-pointer to win it. That happens all the time. It's like life, right? We can't control all the things that happen in our life. But we can control our perspective, our positive response to those events. And so often that determines the outcome. So, yeah, your perspective, your mindset, your belief about what you're going through – is everything as a team. Uh, there was just so many great nuggets in this book. And like I said, I've actually just, I just read it again because after I read the energy bus, life seems so much simpler. And one of the things you said in there, you said, the more you focus on something, the more it shows up in your life. And so I'd love to find out how you incorporate visualization with teams like the Miami Heat or whatever basketball or sport programs that you're working with. Well, to me, it's really about belief, and I'm not a big visualization guy. There are people that actually do that with mindfulness and visualization. That's not my core expertise, but do I believe it? Yeah, I believe the more you could see it, the more you have the power to create it. If you see it and you have a vision, you also have the power to make it happen. So a vision is so powerful, and having a vision, seeing what you want to accomplish is essential to creating it because you won't give up. When you see the end in sight, you'll keep on moving towards it. It's like marathon runners. They don't quit in the first mile, and they don't quit in the last mile because you're almost there. But the body's tired, but the mind says, hey, you're almost there. Keep going. You know when they quit? The 20th mile. The 20th mile is where they lose their vision. They're physically tired. They lose their vision. The end still seems far away, so they just give up. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We stop moving forward. We give up. So we have to keep our vision alive. And if we keep our vision alive, it keeps us alive. So I'm a big believer in purpose. I'm a big believer in goals, vision, vision-oriented goals, mission-oriented goals, not numbered goals, but, but mission goals. And I'm a big believer in the process along the way to get there. And then visualizing yourself, yeah, succeeding it at the end, sure. I mean, I visualize myself doing this work, having a best-selling book, making a difference. But it wasn't like, the vision made it happen. It was also the commitment to the process every day, a commitment to the vision that allowed me to realize it. Well, you know, my program is called Hoop Commitment. And so when I heard you talk on commitment, that's when I really knew I have to have this guy on the podcast. And you said this, you said, I believe goals are helpful, but I often say that commitments are greater than goals. It's your commitments that will lead you to your goals. And so that's how I built my whole training philosophy is the idea of goals are great and you need to have that, that vision, but what are the daily things that you're committed to that will reach you or take you or deliver you to that goal? So can you tell me a little bit more about commitment? Well, I was with a team, a pro team, and I asked them about their goals, told them to write them all down, and they did. 
and they had all these great goals, right? Uh, win a Super Bowl, so many uh, completions, so many field goals, quarterback, I want to have so many touchdowns, running back, so many yards. Then I had them rip them up. They're like, what? I'm like, yep, rip them up. They're mad. But then I said, here's why. Your goals will not take you to where you want to go because every other team in America right now has the same goals written down. Every quarterback, running back, receiver, field goal kicker, they all have the same goals. So if you all have the same goal of being a Super Bowl, is everyone going to win the Super Bowl? No. So your commitment, though, to the process, your commitment to your goals will be the one that takes you to where you want to go. So I had them write down their commitments. Now they're writing down things like, I am no longer going to eat fast food during the season because I know it affects me. I'm going to spend more time in film study because I know I need to spend more time if I want to be great. So I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to commit to recovery, one guy said, because my body often breaks down halfway through the season. So I'm going to make sure I commit to recovery. So all these little commitments will take you to your goal. And I, I got to say one other thing. You, you know, we talked about winning earlier and success and positivity. I'm very clear that you have to have talent to win, though. I want people to understand that just being positive is not enough. You have to have optimism belief. You have to have commitment. And you do have to have talent. And you have to develop that talent and grow that talent. And you may not be more talented than another team, but you could still beat that team if you're a stronger team. But talent is necessary to have success. I love that it's not either or. So many times people talk about, hey, it's either win at all costs or it's have a great experience and have fun. And I believe you really could do both. You can have your, your goal or you can have your purpose as making sure that you are developing these life skills and creating this awesome environment where everyone can flourish and be their best. But bottom line is we have to actually work on the game and improve our skills. What, what are we going to say to these players that listen to this podcast and say, yeah, I believe in this. But now they're going to go to practice and they're going to have a coach or the rest of the players aren't necessarily ready to get on the energy bus. What are some strategies or some techniques that some of these players can use to help create a more positive environment? Best thing you can do is live it first off. Live it and know that your positive energy must be greater than all the negativity. Your certainty, your beliefs, and your faith in what you're here to do must be greater than all the doubt. One positive leader could have a ripple effect and impact the entire team. You could even impact your negative coaching staff. Tim Tebow did with his coaching staff right in Florida. You can impact your team around you. So that it starts with you. You lead from the inside out. So see yourself as a transformative leader. Then you want to try to get your team on the bus, right? Hey, have the coach give all the players a book. Read the energy bus as a team. Get like-minded. Start thinking the same way. I'm not trying to be self-promotional. I just know that teams that read this book together have had amazing success together because they all get on the same page. They're all thinking the same way. They're not going to allow energy vampires to sabotage their team. That's another key. Do not allow the negativity to sabotage you or the team. Post a sign that says, no energy vampires allowed. And in your own mind, right? Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. So you're not going to allow anyone to walk through your mind with their dirty feet, the other team member who is negative. Hey, remember, remind everyone, one person can't make a team, but one person can break a team. So we're not going to allow that person to break the team. Talk about this with the team. But here's the key. I had a leader reach out. Hey, I read the energy bus. I'm trying to do this with my team. And, you know, I'm trying to get them all on, but no one's getting on. No one's interested. No one's listening. They all think that I'm like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I think I'm better than everyone. I told that person, you've got to develop a relationship. 
with your team members. You have not spent the time to invest in a relationship with them. So you're just coming in with all these great ideas, but they're not willing to follow you because they don't believe in you as a person because you haven't taken the time to invest in them. So you got to make sure that you're investing in them and in the relationship. And that person just reached out to me and said, I did what you said. I invested in a relationship. Everything's going amazing. And guess what? They're on the bus. It took time. But always remember, love tough, right? Love tough. Not tough love, love tough. Love must come first. Team knows you love them, care about them. You then earn the right to challenge them and push them to be great. Well, earlier in our conversation, you said you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. And we know we just talked about you have to have good players or talented players to be able to win. What do you say to the coach that is on a losing streak and is in fear of losing their job? They may not have the talent. They're trying to be positive. How, how are they not supposed to be stressed in a situation like that? Well, you can't focus on stress. You got to focus on just getting better. I, th- I think the key in those situations when you're not having a great season is, hey, let's get better every day. Let's focus on improving individually and collectively. And if you are a coach, a real coach, you're focused on your players and your players improving as people and as players. And when you're doing that, even if you're not the coach the next year, what you will have done is planted a seed in that player and in that team that what they achieve in the future will be the direct result of what you invested in, what you poured into. You will reap the harvest of the seed that you sowed. And maybe, maybe you won't be there for the next season, but that's not your job to worry about that. Your job is to invest in the players. And if you do that, right, if you do that, good things are going to happen. Again, you may not have that opportunity there. Maybe you get, maybe you lose that. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully people see it. They give you another another year, another shot. Because what you're doing is planting the seeds for the next year. You're building the culture. You're building the foundation. I've had so many leaders and teams where they have had not they have not had success the first year, but they're laying the foundation for the future. And all of a sudden, after year two or three, success starts to happen. And that's what you have to be focusing on. You have to see progress. You have to see improvement. And I think that's what you have to do. If you focus on the progress and the improvement over time, the winning is going to come. If you focus on the root of the tree, you will get the fruit. You focus on the fruit, which so many leaders do. That's all they focus on. The tree is dying. The root is dying. And you don't even know it. That's the problem. So as a leader, invest in the root and you will get the fruit. Well, now it's 2020. Everyone has these New Year's resolutions. And I'm really big on not resolutions, but commitments. What are, what's the daily commitment that we can do every single day that's going to add up to something great by the end of 2020? And I like doing something for five minutes. The idea of the hardest part about if you want to play guitar, the hardest part about playing guitar is actually opening up the case, grabbing the guitar and sitting down. After you do that, five minutes can turn into 15 minutes or 30 minutes. The hardest part about working out is just doing your first set. You know, once you get your first set done, well, might as well do two or three sets. So I wanted to finish off with what are some examples of some daily commitments that our listeners can do to make 2020 the best year of their life? Well, everyone wants to do what the great ones do, but very few are willing to do what they did to become great. So you're right. It is all about the commitments. But I think it's for each person having to decide what they need to commit to. Each person is going to have different commitments. I think getting enough sleep is going to be a major commitment you need to make. Getting up early and putting first things first and focusing on what matters most is a commitment you need to make in the morning. A commitment to go to bed on time at night. 
a commitment to practicing each day to working on your skill, a commitment to gratitude, to feeding yourself with positivity, a commitment to reading more books this year to grow leaders or readers, grow yourself, read a book. It will help you improve dramatically. We're spending so much time on our phones that we're not taking the time to read anymore. Got to invest in that mind and in reading a commitment to making the people around you better. What's the one thing I'm going to do to be a great teammate this year, to really make the people around me better? Focus on that one thing. Pick your word for the year. What's going to be the one word that you pick that drives you to be your best? Live that word. I'm not big on resolutions. I'm big on picking a word for the year that drives you, that one word that you'll remember five months from now, six months from now, a year from now. You have lived that word, and that word will shape you and mold you. So a few commitments you can make to allow you to be your best. Eating healthier, of course. Try to eat organic foods from nature, right? Stay away from the foods that have a ton of pesticides. We're doing a lot of research on that. Roundup, glyphosate, all that stuff is wreaking havoc on our gut health. You got to stay away from the foods that have a lot of glyphosate and Roundup in it that then gets into your microbiome, destroys your good bacteria, destroys your gut. Then all of a sudden you start having all these other symptoms and you're like, why am I having all these issues? It all goes back to your gut health. So if you can focus on your gut health, you'll have major improvements there. I did a podcast that I interviewed Zach Bush, MD, on my Positive University podcast. Highly recommend everyone listen to that one to understand gut health and how it affects your athletic performance. I love it. Those are some great actionable items. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for inspiring me and my athletes. Where can our listeners find out more about John Gordon? JohnGordon.com. It's it's uh, pretty easy. J-O-N Gordon.com. J-O-N Gordon. Twitter, Instagram, at J-O-N Gordon 11. J-O-N Gordon 11. And of course, your podcast is awesome. Every week it has awesome interviews and great stories, things that are going to get you going for the whole week and keep you positive. So I would definitely highly encourage everyone to go check that out as well. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for sharing that. All right. Well, thank you so much and can't wait for the next time we connect. Looking forward to it. Keep up the great work. Great job. Are you as inspired as I am? I think my favorite lesson I took from John is that you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. I'm going to have my friends and family constantly remind me of this during the challenging times because I know I have so much to be grateful for, including this podcast. Thanks to everyone that's taken the time to listen and everyone who's reached out on social media to give me feedback. It really means a lot. And I hope you'll join me next week where I get to connect with Adam Bradley from the Hardwood Hustle podcast. We talked the entire episode about leadership for basketball, and I was taking notes the whole time. After I hung up the phone, I started making improvements to my leadership program. If you're interested at all in developing people, you'll love this episode. And don't forget to get your Hoop Commitment gear at hoopcommitment.com forward slash store. If you want your game to look nice off the court, the classic committed shirt would do you right. And to those of you who are committed, will earn your X. Ex-